Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning into this episode, which is all about the early years. Today we'll fall into conversation with Andrea and Natasha, who both became mothers in 2018. The reason why I think it's important to have this conversation is because life changes such as getting married or having children are common sources of stress. Now, I don't mean solely these two life changes in particular, but life changes as a whole. Getting married or having children is seen as exciting and happy, but they can cause stress for those found in these new situations and anxiety for those who are yet to experience it if they wish. I thought it would be good to have this conversation for those in similar situations, but also just an overall insight and perspective based on your journeys. What I personally find is that we undoubtedly talk about the good of these situations because we should be or we are grateful. Is that because there is a stigma around talking about the not so good that comes with it because then you're seen as you can't cope or you're ungrateful? Not everyone's situation is the same, but someone may learn something from either of your journeys. So with that being said, Natasha, do you want to kick off with your journey of motherhood so far and what they don't tell you? Yeah, sure. I um, became a mum to my little girl, Robin. Uh, I had her in September 2018. It was a, I had a fairly straightforward pregnancy, um, actually. I was quite uh, fortunate. I didn't have any too much issues. And then after the birth, it didn't go to plan. And it never does to all those out there. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't go to plan at all. But it was okay. Like I was quite flexible. Like I wasn't too I wasn't too um set in my ways in terms of what I, I wanted. Like I knew like okay, I would like uh, um something that was a bit more um a homey vibe. Um I still wanted it to be in the hospital, but I wanted it to be in the um what they call a birthing center and have a water birth. But there's a number of things that need to happen for you to be able to get that and for you to be able to do that. And none of those things happened <laughs> when I went into labor. So <laughs> yeah, but anyways, I had her and um, it was, um, it was crazy actually. Like it's just all of a sudden one minute you you feel like the kicks in, in your belly and you wonder what they're going to look like and how they're going to be. And then all of a sudden you go through like this massive ordeal and um, they come out and they're real and you've got like an actual human being like, it was, it was great so had her came home I did breastfeeding if if you choose to breastfeed and if you make they will ask you if, if that's something that you're wanting to do after you've had your baby and they'll try and help you um whilst you're at the hospital with them and it's one of those things that actually once you say that you're going to breastfeed then that's it like they're like right okay cool and so they'll do everything they can to help you and then and they let you go and you go home and you get like a little booklet of like what different things I can't even remember what it's called but it's basically like this little book and it kind of shows you like bathing and like what to do when like their umbilical cord like the little thing drops off and stuff like that but it's very basic you're still kind of left thinking oh my god like that first drive home you're like what do we do like you just sit there and when we got in we just like sat there with her and just stared for like about an hour <laughs> because <laughs> she just like you don't know what to do and then they'll start crying and she started crying and just popping the boob yeah so mm-hmm. I know yeah, I know with you <laughs> Natasha like you did a lot of research I know you read a lot of books and you watched a lot of videos but like what would you say they didn't tell you that you just had to figure out as you go I think it was more in terms of like how 
they don't tell you how you how you, you can manage everything which is difficult to tell anybody really because everyone kind of deals with things differently but I think it was for me one of the things that I found difficult was was the breastfeeding part because I found it quite painful at the beginning and whilst if you watch the videos and they talk about breastfeeding and they say like oh it is um it's only painful if they don't latch properly and so on and so forth and so I was kind of beating myself up about like what's going on like why isn't it working and so yeah that was a bit hard and then also like the post like the way that your body feels after you've given birth is something that I don't think was really what I was prepared for in terms of and I say like when you want to go to the toilet like I was scared to do a number two like no one tells you that because <laughs> <laughs> um, after it, like yeah you're scared to go toilet well I was anyway like a bit like apprehensive with it because you just don't want to like mess anything up <laughs> you just like I've just pushed out a baby I don't know whether I can push out a number two (laughs) I'm a bit fragile um and I also had I tore so I had stitches down there as well so again that kind of even more so got me a bit scared but you have a health visitor that comes to visit you like literally the next day so um and that's one of the things that they do talk to you about and they're kind of like no you need to go to the toilet (laughs) So I was just like, okay, um, I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, and I literally waited until I went to my mum's house, and then I went because I think I was because obviously I, I I've got my husband, so it's just me and my husband and the baby, and I think I just needed a little bit of um moral support, a little bit. Like whilst my husband is great, I think like it was very difficult. I just couldn't get comfortable enough to be able to do that with him like it, it was just a bit weird like I don't need him in the room like holding my hand while I go poo like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no. okay. I mean I mean some husbands may be like great for that like that's cool but for mine like, it's just no it's just yeah. yeah it's just not his thing so um yeah I waited till I went to my mum's and um my sister was in the toilet with me <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair enough you gotta do what you gotta do yeah um, and with you, Andrea, like, what's your story? What's your journey? And what would you say they didn't tell you? Everything. No, I'm joking. Um, I feel as though I had a lot of information. Where it was kind of coming from was from a whole range of sources. So obviously growing up, you have your aunts telling you stuff. You have your mum telling you stuff. And then you have friends that start to have babies. And then they kind of tell you stuff. But I think, yeah, it really does depend on who you have around you that has had a child and how honest they're willing to be. And I think there is definitely a well-kept secret with womanhood around how much information is shared around being a mum, like, you know, even getting pregnant maybe, and then having a child and then raising a child. Like, it's all kind of glossed over um, to be this perfect, amazing thing, which it completely is. Of course it is. But um, yeah, there's a whole other bunch of stuff that goes on that is just so individual to you. So for me, my pregnancy was painful. Um, I was in pain pretty much from five months. Um, I had um, pelvic girdle pain, which um, essentially is your body produces this hormone that relaxes your muscles to enable you to actually give birth. And in some women, you basically just produce too much of it too soon. 
And so as a result, it just becomes really painful um, within your like pubic bone area and your lower back to just do any like normal things. So um, um, getting out of a car, so anything that basically needs you to kind of swivel your hips and that whole bottom area. So walking, yeah, getting out of a car, sitting up and down like from chairs, um, getting out of a bed. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, So initially I just thought oh you know aches and pains you get aches and pains in pregnancy and I remember the the day that it got so bad I'd gone to meet some friends for dinner and I was on Millennium Bridge um, and I was crossing over to go to St Paul's and I was on my own and I was walking back like to go to St Paul's station and I just had to like hold on to the bar of the of the bridge because I was just in sudden discomfort like walking was just this massive effort and by that time I had a small bump but not you know I could hide it still at that stage so yeah I was just really confused so I got back home eventually but was in yeah a lot of pain went to the doctors and she checked me over and basically said that um she thinks it's that and then referred me to see a physio obviously NHS is amazing but you know depending on the area in which you live in um, certain services like physiotherapy can be quite popular um, so I actually didn't get to see a physio person on the NHS and kind of went privately um, and that really helped me that really really helped so kind of from around six months onwards I wasn't able to commute into work I um, was having physio I think weekly by that stage yeah yeah weekly I was kind of given like a whole bunch of exercises to do. I got so many, I bought so many different things, like so many like bands for your back. Um, I was sitting on the kind of pregnancy ball quite a lot and just try to do, try to basically stay as active as I could. But as things progressed, it, I was just pretty much just stuck in the house. Um, definitely from about seven, yeah, seven, eight months, I just was kind of housebound not able to like go to the shops or stuff and just kind of drive if I needed to go to see family and that was about it so it was tough and mentally I think it required a lot of resolve from me to kind of stay positive in and amongst having something so amazing happen that I think was like the biggest challenge because I wasn't sick so to kind of you know play the victim card of like woe is me just that didn't seem right because something amazing was happening you know about to have a baby but but yet it was just still tinged with this like frustration that my experience was so different to the majority and that was yeah that was kind of hard to suck up but family were amazing husband's amazing so it kind of yeah it was all all fine and then the other challenge was then working out how labor was going to work because like like Tasha I really wanted to have quote-unquote you know as natural of an experience within hospital as possible so I wanted to be in a Uh, midwife-led like birthing centre and it all kind of started off okay that's where we arrived and stuff but I was overdue with Maya for about uh, I think I can't actually remember two days overdue or maybe no I must have been like a week overdue yeah a week overdue so I was actually induced so that process um, I actually knew quite a lot about it because like close people to me had been in that situation so I kind of knew what to expect and so because of that I was very um, I made sure that I had enough knowledge to be able to you know articulate to the people that I needed to speak to when we got to the birth center around what I needed to kind of make it as successful as possible even though I knew it was totally out of my hands so yes cut a long story short I basically was in um, a birthing center for quite 
a while and labor was kind of had kicked off and stuff but it kind of slowed down because I was told that I might have a possible um, infection so because of that that's something that's really you know if you have an, if there's any little sign of something not quite being right then you basically can't be in a midwife led led unit so that just basically changed the whole dynamic of the situation and we went to the labor ward which is what i really wanted to avoid because the whole thing with the pelvic girdle pain is basically sitting in one position made it so much worse so the thought of being cooped up in a labor unit room with just like the bed and that's pretty much it until you're then ready to go and have the baby just completely floored me so that was quite hard to deal with but myself and my husband we were really strong with the doctors and we made sure that we gave ourselves as much time as possible to kind of deal with the situation and unfortunately it it, it still ended up being the same outcome that we thought it was going to be which was an emergency c-section and that was hard and you feel it's really weird with the whole c-section thing because there's nothing wrong with it like it's a way to give birth it's totally fine but there's still something around when that happens. And I think more so when it's an emergency C-section, there's an element of failure and just not, you know, things just not going how you wanted them to go. So yes, that was kind of hard to take. But then the baby's born and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I'd say probably after about a couple of weeks, and only now, I hardly ever really tell the birth story. So only now thinking like, you know, you, you go back and you think about it, but Otherwise, that's so, such an irrelevant part of the journey. Like, don't get me wrong, it's part of your kind of personal medical history, in a sense. And it's your go-to when you're thinking about, like, when you, when you think about having children and stuff. But it has no bearing on you as a parent. Mm. No, I understand that. I agree with that. Um, I feel like for both of you, you had completely different journeys. But the thing to remember is you have, like, the same like outcome I don't know if that makes sense mm. by saying it that way um but yeah everyone's journey is going to be 100% different so one thing that I did want to ask is I feel like both of you are married both of you you know you have your own property so for some people those are things they want to tick off before they have a child so my question is do you think you can ever be 100% ready to have a child oh that's a good question um, I'll let you go Tasha I think that it depends on what you would like, what you want it to look like, what you want your family life to look like with your child in it, if you see what I mean. So if you want, if you're thinking about having kids and when you picture yourself having children, you see yourself being with somebody who love and who you love and trust and um, having a, a roof over your head that that you're happy with and all these things, then, then that's great. And if you want to kind of make sure that your, your life is at that point and then have children, fantastic. And I would never, I don't think that you have to have those sorts of things or those stereotypical things. Like I have to be married. I have to have a home. Um, that's my own or that I bought a house to then be able to have children. I don't believe that at all because you can have all those things and it still be, it could still end up being quite difficult depending on the situation that you're in. So I think that you know what you're, I think everybody knows kind of how much they're willing to, what they're willing to take on. 
and what they can do. And like God says, he never gives you anything more than what you can handle. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like if, if you were to, for example, get pregnant and, and it's not everything in your life isn't ideal. I mean, you kind of just need to sit back and think, do you think that you can really deal with this? Do you, can you really, are you happy with the situation that you're in to take that extra um, responsibility on? But I, I, yeah, I mean, yes, it's great that I'm happy with where I'm at and it it was a good time for us to have kids, but I don't think it doesn't happen that way with everybody and that's okay. Andrea, what do you think? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? The whole ready thing, because I don't think you can ever be ready. You can have things lined up on paper that you have said in your mind that you would like to have actualized before you have a family so that it's all there and it's all nice and pretty. But in terms of you as an individual being ready for what's involved to be a parent, I think you can only be as ready as you can because when you cross that line of actually being a parent, you look back at your old self and you kind of think, how are you actually dealing with this situation? Because it takes, it takes everything from you. It takes absolutely all of you. So being married and having a house and being in a career that you're super proud of, yeah, they are all amazing achievements that, that people you know, can be striving for anyway. But to say that you would need all of those things, I don't think it works like that. But they are things that are important anyway, if that makes sense. Because, you know, if to have a house and to have a relationship whereby you've got to the point of being married, that's required patience and energy from you to really understand, you know, what's required from yourself to make those things happen. And all of those skills are needed in being a parent. But there is something about being a parent that is just so um, intrinsic to who you are as an individual that none of those things that sit outside of you matter if that if that if that makes sense yeah no that does make sense and I feel like if we look at like the mental health side of things I think you've both kind of touched on what you have found difficult in terms of becoming a mom and like going through the pregnancy do you feel comfortable sorry is a better question uh, talking about what stresses you or what causes you to be anxious about you know certain things when you might be judged if you talk about those kind of things. Like if you told someone, I have had a really bad week, I'm not coping. Do you feel comfortable having those conversations or is it more so you just keep it within the family? I think, well, for me, I was very much, um, I'm a very social person and I like to kind of surround myself with people. So when I had robin what happens is that when you do first have a baby there is an element of of loneliness because there's only so much that 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 you can have other people outside people help you with or or kind of be involved in because at the end of the day like you're you're that baby's mom and so I was the kind of I'm I felt like I was the sole person to be responsible for feeding her and and making sure that she was clean and she was bathed and all of that so that was my number one priority and when they're so new you can't kind of like just walk out the house and 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 go to the shops and go shopping and do all these, these things that you used to do because you've got a new baby but in saying that you don't have to wait months before you can leave the house if you see what I mean so for me I kind of try to work out a network and try to find people and other mums that were in the same situation as me which really helped my mental health 
when I did pluck up the courage and, and the confidence to leave the house with my baby, I immediately went to the mums that I knew when I was pregnant and they were all pregnant around the same time as me. And they were the first people that I went to speak with because they were my comfort because I know that they're all in the same situation as me. A lot of them had either already had their baby or about to have their baby. And then when we all had our kids, um, it was a safe haven to be able to kind of moan about the things that not many people want to talk about, like me not being able to go to the toilet or the fact that I have hardly had any sleep and I'm really tired and, and I feel really, really low about it because everyone perceives you when you've got a new baby, you've got to be smiley, you've got to be happy and, and you have to kind of put on this um, facade. And I'm not to say that you're not happy and you're not going to want to smile. You do, but there are those little small points in the day where you're actually like, oh my God, like, I can't do this anymore sort of thing. And those are the moments when I kind of reached out to to the network of mums that I had. Mm. So that's one of the things or tips that I would give to, to any new mum is that to try your best to reach out to other mums that, that may be around in at the same stage as you, because it can help to talk to other people that are in the same boat as you because you are not alone. So how you feel... I guarantee you there will be somebody else out there that feels exactly the same way. Mm. And also, Tasha, actually, you've just reminded me, I remember we had spoken before and you had said that the other way around, when most people are, after having a child, they put on weight and they say like, oh my gosh, I've put on weight for you. You had lost weight and you felt exactly the same way, but didn't feel you could like talk about that because someone else would be like, you should be lucky. You look great. And not really allowing you to, to own that you don't feel good yeah like I mean that element of things was one of the things that I quite struggled with yeah so I um what happened with me is that I have a fairly small frame anyway um and when I was pregnant with Robin um I was kind of what most people call like I was just all bump um which was which was good and I was I was thankful for that but actually what then happened was because I was breastfeeding um, and when you do breastfeed you burn a lot of calories just because your body is producing the milk so quickly and unfortunately for me um, it kind of worked out where I was producing so much or I was burning calories in, in producing the breast milk but I wasn't actually taking in enough just because I mean it was difficult because you've got kind of a baby that you're having to feed every two hours. And then with, when you feed them, you're feeding for about in the early days. Anyway, you're feeding for kind of 40 to 50 minutes at a time. And when you're new to breastfeeding, you can't kind of get up and hold your baby and walk around the house. Not in the first couple of days. And well, not for me anyway, because I was still kind of getting used to it. So I was kind of sat with my baby on my chest for an hour and then when you put them down and by the time you kind of finish that and then put them down and they get off to sleep, the thought of them making a spaghetti bolognese, nah, no way. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. My husband was really great and he did help out where he could. But yeah, unfortunately, like, it just worked out that it, my body was kind of like burn, burn, burn. And it wasn't really retaining much. So yeah, I ended up losing quite a lot of weight and there was a significant difference in my body. Um, and a lot of people saw that and for them the comments were more like oh my god you're amazing look at you you're so skinny <laughs> um but for me I was like 
no (laughs) (laughs) this is not not what I meant to this is not me yeah um so yeah but it was more of an internal no because yeah most people when after they have a baby the focus is more towards uh looking after your baby and then at the end kind of okay now I need to shed said the excess weight that you've put on um or that you may have but yeah for me it was the opposite actually I lost too much and I needed to focus on putting it back on but actually fortunately with through meeting some of the mums and and through the 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 network that I kind of joined there was a mum that was in the same sort of situation as me which was really great actually because for me that was like a massive deal and we were able to have like a little heart to heart about the fact that actually we weren't really happy with the way that our bodies looked compared to obviously what other people, other people's comments were. And it was nice. And, and she was really lovely and we exchanged numbers and, and we spoke, but yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a bit of a challenging one, but yeah, yeah. It, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. But I feel like that's, I'm really glad that you shared that because I feel like that's a side that people don't really get to see. Um, and I definitely learned that from talking to you. I wouldn't have known that otherwise, because I think, I was also conditioned to believe that if you didn't put weight on during pregnancy, then what are you complaining about? So I feel like after speaking to you, I hope that that has touched someone for them to understand that they're not alone in this. Definitely. I think it's just one of those things that either way, when you have a baby, your body is definitely going to change. And that's, that is a fact. Your body will change and it's okay. And there are things that you can do to get yourself back to where you feel comfortable and you feel like you again and um Andrea do you have anything you would like to add in terms of like your mental health either during pregnancy or even up to this point um I think what Tasha was saying around the importance of a like mum network it's just so so crucial because although you'll have your close friends and family that you would have had before coming mum no one is going to be up at the same time as you when you're breastfeeding especially in the early days in the middle of the night and just having those funny like conversations between it was between the nine of us at at that time oh it was just it was just it was just so needed I mean Maya was so after having yeah tricky pregnancy I then had a tricky baby so my Maya (laughs) was and was diagnosed with reflux at like six weeks and prior to that point we were just like wow this baby's really loud like she cries she cries really loud (laughs) like really loud the midwife made a comment like her last shift she was like oh my gosh this baby's so beautiful she goes oh I might not ever see you again but I will definitely hear you like if we're ever in the streets but yeah so so that was tough in a different sense and thankfully there was another mum whose baby had reflux and there were other babies that were having like colic like symptoms and stuff so um, having those conversations was was so valid because the problem is I think especially because when you come from a big family is that people are all gonna have their opinions about what's happening and why a baby's like this and like that and although you have google which can be your friend it can also be your worst enemy as well like during pregnancy and when you're in those early days of kind of anything different that they're doing that you're like oh no something's wrong so yeah so having having a network and feeling confident about going to the doctors. I remember when we went for that six week checkup, I think I really made the doctor laugh because I just whipped out this book, uh, all these notes that I'd written down over the last six weeks of different things that have been happening and like questions that I had for her. 
And she just laughed. She just laughed and took her pen down and made notes of everything that I said. And was like, oh, you're really prepared. I was like, yeah, sorry, I can't help it. Um, but just being able to be, sit in front of a health professional and feel confident with your thoughts, because I didn't know what reflux was. I'd read about it, but I'm not a doctor, so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't diagnose Maya. But we knew something was wrong. And I think there was one book that I read during pregnancy that was really focusing on empowering parents and their instincts, because, you know, on the ground roots level, we're all, you know, we're animals and we love and we care and everything just goes back to basics, especially when you become a parent. It's just about looking after um, this baby that you've just given birth to. So when it comes to things not quite being right, you will know. and you have to kind of go with that and feel confident in that, especially when you're a first time mum as well. Um, because I think there's a lot of stigma around that in terms of, you know, being over worried or panicky. And it's like, well, what's, what, what is the point in risking it? Just go to doctors to find out if they say, oh no, everything's fine. And everything, you know, that's great. Everything's fine, but better that than um, overlooking something. So, so as I said, um, our daughter was given um, medication for her reflux, which did help. But unfortunately, it's one of those conditions that goes in time because the body has to basically develop and get stronger to handle the milk. And she, thankfully, we didn't have any problems in terms of her gaining weight. because That's often an issue. Babies lose weight and not and they're not because they're not retaining the milk as well. And so they're losing weight. But somehow she was eating and reaching all the levels in terms of her weight but just having very stressful feeds. Um, so that, that was a really, really hard time. And that took us up to her probably being about six months in terms of it getting better, like visibly better, that she wasn't kind of screeching and screaming after feeds and, you know, being able to put her down was quite difficult. So a, a whole day was basically around feeding, because I breastfed as well. So feeding, winding, and they always say, oh, you don't really need to wind breastfeed breastfed babies well that's a lie if they have reflux so yeah we're winding constantly and just constantly trying to kind of calm and settle her yeah it was tough it was really tough but yeah having the network of mums definitely kept me sane as well as my family and so I just feel in terms of being ready sorry this is going back to the previous point but in terms of being ready I would always say that you have to make sure that you are really on making sure that you have a support network outside of your home, whatever your, whatever your home setup is. So a husband, partner, whatever, but you do need other people to kind of be your cheerleaders really. Cause you will have those days. You'll have those days where you just don't have the energy. You don't have the energy to kind of get through that next 12 hour stint and someone can just send you something funny or tell you that their, their, their baby did like a similar thing or, or whatever it might be. And I think that's something that continues. I actually think that is basically you, you join this club when you become a parent. And so you can meet somebody in the street that you do not know and you can end up having the biggest conversation about children and, and your child and just connected because you just fully understand that emotion that that other person is feeling, even though you don't know anything about them and their you know previous life or whatever so it's a really powerful thing and I think it's really needed because you can't do it on your own it does take a village I know that's a cliche but it really does cool I feel like um that's something that I've heard a lot of mums say so just for other people 
where do you kind of find these networks? Is it, how do you come across these people? Um, I did NCT, um, which is quite a big um, non-for-profit organisation that has localised hubs in everybody's kind of local region. Because that's the other point as well, is though you, you may have really close friends, but they just might not live near you. So having um, other mums who are literally have, like, have a child the same age range as yours and being able to go to all the different classes or meet up for a coffee, co- actually never met up for a coffee, that never worked for me but yeah going to classes um was really good and going to the park and stuff as the kids get older that's just so lovely to be able to do that in your local area and for me personally I never thought that I would fully embrace that I'd say probably previous previous to becoming a mum I'd probably be a bit skeptical of that kind of arrangement my I think my thinking was well, how can I connect with someone just because they've got a child? Like, I, I don't understand that I've got to have something in common with them. And, and it's true, you won't just get on with someone just because they have a child, but, it could, but I can tell you, you'll be able to have a conversation with absolutely anybody if they do have a child as well. Mm. And so that's definitely a good one. But even if you don't want to do the NCT thing, that you do have to pay for that. Um, there are there is an app oh, I can't remember what it's called Peanut I think it's called there's an app called Peanut which people um, can connect with other mums in their like locality as well yeah um, that's the other one that I know of NHS when you go for like your um, your checkups while you're pregnant the NHS hold like a a class like an antenatal yeah. a free antenatal yeah. class um your midwife will you will usually tell you about it um and it's a free session that they hold to give you some um more information to help prepare you for your um for labor and and the early days of after you had your baby um and sometimes and actually going to those classes um you could meet people um and I did NCT so for me I I I um I, I kind of bonded with with the women that were in my um, antenatal class through through the NCT, um, but then I actually then through my NCT mums outside of that I decided to go to um, the baby classes. So um, there's one that we went to, Heartbeats, which is a, a a very common one. They've got sessions and they do um, sessions for like newborn babies from like. I think it's like three to six months like they hold them different sessions depending on their age and it's like their sensory classes so you you and your baby go and like they sing songs and like you do different activities with your baby but there's also other women there that have got their babies around the same age and um by going to that session I actually ended up meeting um my one of my really really she's like now one of my really really good friends um just by going to that class so yeah, you don't necessarily have to go to an antenatal class to meet other mums. You can, you could go to a class one after you've had your baby. Um, and there's apps as well, like Andrea said, that, that there is that peanut app. And also there's another app called Hoop, um, which I kind of use quite a lot to, um, it basically, you put in where you live and it will tell you around your location what kids activities there are that you could go to and then you also just put the age of your baby so it will filter the activities for that are relevant to you and your your child um some of them are free sessions that you can actually go to and then others some are paid sessions it will kind of explain that to you on the app 
Um, but I thought that that was really cool um, because there was a lot of stuff on there that I didn't even know that was going on because um, I think as, as, as we've both said, it's, it, I think it is quite a key thing to try and build a network of, of other mums or other people that are in a similar situation to you outside of your immediate family. So, yeah. So a question I have for actually both of you is you're both married. You both have bigged up your husband in this conversation because they're great. However, yeah. being... Um, kill me otherwise. <laughs> being <laughs> the mum and breastfeeding and going through that situation, like, honestly, do you just ever feel like you're in it by yourself? Yeah, like, do you know what? I'm good at, to be honest, I think having Robin in those early, in those early couple of months, um, actually, do you know what, the whole first year was quite testing on our marriage. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna try and pretend it wasn't. It was quite hard. Um, I think it's just because, or what for us anyway, whereas I was breastfeeding, it was difficult in terms of him trying to find where he fits into into things other than cooking and cleaning <laughs> around the house it was there was a bit of a disconnect I think and we were both trying to work out where where we could all be a family and all be together in it all together kind of thing and so yeah that was a bit tough and there were times where um I was kind of having to stay at home with the baby um while he my mind I was kind of like well I have to stay at home with Robin um while you go out and go to have dinner with your friends or even 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 if it was like he'd go to work and it was like a work function like it's crazy like I mean, it sounds silly but I just I would feel and sometimes I would feel really annoyed and just be like how can he even think about going like I'm here I've been at home all day with the baby but even realistically even if he was at home with us I mean like what would I probably wouldn't have even spoken to him like I I would have just been too tired I would have just fallen asleep but it was just the whole idea of of that resentment I think it was a little bit that like he got to kind of go off and and do whatever he wanted to do and I was kind of stuck at home with the baby so yeah that was a bit tricky but do you know what I think keeping the communication going so us expressing our feelings was was a massive key um to us um getting through those tough times sharing our feelings sharing how we felt and working out what what we needed from each other really saved us I think so that's one tip that I would I would give to people that your relationship may well be tested but I think if as long as you keep communicating with each other um there is going to be a light out of the end under the tunnel like you've made this amazing human being um so why not give it a try like do you know what I mean I don't know yeah anything to add Ange um I was just gonna say that (laughs) I think there's no there's no escaping as a mum if you if as a breastfeeding mum that you will feel lonely. You're not alone because you know if you've got your husband at home and family visiting and stuff, you're not alone. But there's an element of feeling lonely because it's only you that can provide for the baby at that moment, um, and that's just really tough. It's really tough, as gratifying as it is and as amazing as it is, as you're watching this little baby grow in front of you, especially at that stage, because literally every day they're kind of looking different um, and as the weeks go by. But 
get it's just really really tough and it's a lonely existence but you I personally had to keep kind of saying to myself well it's only for this period of time and then they're going to be a child and then they're going to be a teenager crazy but do you know what I mean like you have to kind of constantly take that step back to not go a bit crazy especially as well you know your hormones are going all over the place so what Tasha explained like just expressed just then of course that sounds that might sound now oh that's a bit unfair you know it's just going out but for us that have been at home all day and then you know to get a message to be like oh yeah I've just gotta go after work like 50 drinks or whatever whatever it might be even if it is a work event it can just feel like the biggest slap in the face <laughs> even though <laughs> as, as the husband they need like they're out they're working for that you know period of time and you're not working because you're you you're at home the main caregiver but it's just a tough existence when you are when you have previously been a busy working person Mm. um it's a very you basically suddenly feel as though your life has gone back about 50 odd years in terms of existence where you're you know you're the woman and you're at home with the baby um and even though that's not what it is it's the fact you know you're still you're you're you still have a job or whatever the situation is or you're going to go back you're going to return to work but for that particular moment you are at home and mm-hmm. that is your main gig and that I found personally quite hard to accept on certain days yeah. there were some days where I was like oh this is absolutely amazing like I feel great I also felt quite liberated as well um in terms of not having that kind of that pressure that you get from actually being quite a driven career focused person suddenly not having that performance pressure in a sense of like oh I need to be like this today or I need to be like this this week or this this month because I've got this happening just not having that for a while was was quite nice yeah Um, I miss that yeah like it just yeah just kind of gave you a a new space to be in and I got fully involved in because I really didn't know how my maternity leave was gonna was gonna play out I just couldn't I live in I live in the suburbs and I, I live in the suburbs so that I can work in, this, in, in central London and to not have that kind of mixed lifestyle I, I thought how am I gonna how am I gonna cope with that but yeah I, to- I totally did and, I, and I'd say that's 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 because of the network that I was fortunate to be part of whereby I actually had genuine connections with people and so I didn't I basically didn't feel like I was missing out on anything apart from daytime drinking Mm. <laughs> that was that was tough missing I out on know. that because <laughs> when you're breastfeeding you still got to work out when you can have your drinks you've got to express <laughs> and then you know you've got to kind of work it all out or not not drink at all until you stop breastfeeding so yeah yeah there's just a lot of adjustment and it, I'd say you know it's you probably feel an element of freedom by the time for me personally by the time the child's about 18 months or so um because then they are like fully fledged kind of walking talking type little individual that doesn't you know doesn't need you so close to them as they did when they were first born Mm. yeah I feel like you guys have brought me to nicely on to my final point was how was returning to work so you've had your maternity leave now you've met your you've met your mum then it's like okay you kind of feel the bug okay I'm returning to work were you excited or were you terrified of returning back to work I was desperate <laughs> to go back to work. 
<laughs> but that's because that's because remember I was on mat leave a lot earlier. Oh yeah. So I was pregnant, not like not working. There was a point where because I that previously to that I was self-employed, so I was contracting, and it got to the point where I was like, this doesn't make sense for me to continue working. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I actually was on mat leave in a sense for about for about eighteen months actually, all in all. So it was a long time. And I was really, really wanting to get back to to kind of a different part of me. Yeah. Um, and wanting, because that's all I've ever known. I've only ever, I've been brought up by a working mother. I've only ever seen working mothers. And that's not to say that that's the only way to be a mum. It's absolutely not. Um, but it's all I know. And it's all I kind of have, have wanted for, mm-hmm. for my daughter as well um so yeah so I was looking forward to it but then the reality of it is that it is it is so tough the juggle is ridiculous and you I personally never feel as though I'm fully fulfilling both elements or actually more than both because you are lots of things to lots of people and suddenly you've now thrown work into the mix which is your other thing um and you've got to kind of apply yourself across all of it um so yeah it was tough and then as Maya's quite a vocal child as I have mentioned when um I first was going back to work and I was dropping her off she was at that stage of being quite upset at drop off even though she's super sociable once you're not there she's absolutely fine but in terms of you leaving her it was it was like the biggest thing ever so that was hard to get used to and accept and it probably took about I don't know about six weeks six seven weeks I guess of me like constantly doing it to then just be like bye and not and know that she'd be okay like once I've left the building she'd be absolutely fine um she's yeah she's just a bit of a drama queen (laughs) (laughs) how about you Tash um like I was I felt ready like I was kind of like oh do you know what like yeah like and I was I was excited for two reasons one I was excited I was actually excited for Robin for her to start nursery in terms of she's gonna meet new friends she's gonna I know that and for me personally because my um because my sister works at a nursery like she she manages a nursery so I kind of had an idea of what nursery life looks like and so I knew that if and we did quite a lot of research in terms of the nursery that we were going to send her to. But I knew that when she went to nursery, she was going to have an opportunity to not only like socialize with other kids, but she's, they're going to be doing activities with her. She's going to um, have like a really good balanced diet. Um, I don't need to stress myself out thinking, what am I going to cook her for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Like, um, because after a while it gets a lot like for me personally I was kind of like running out of ideas um, and it was a lot of I felt like a lot of pressure to get it right and to make sure that she was not only like developing and that we were doing all of this um doing the right playing the right games singing the right songs yeah it was it was getting quite a bit for me so I was actually looking forward to the nursery um for her and also for me getting back into work like I kind of missed miss socializing on with other adults Mm. um and working kind of just doing work and um having a target and trying to achieve it um that sort of stuff I I missed that um Mm. however once I did start work it was really hard it was really hard adjusting um it was hard adjusting to the fact that 
I was missing out on stuff that she was doing at nursery. So she would say her first kind of her first sentence at nursery. And we got told that on, she had like a parents evening and they went through kind of all the different things that she's been doing. And it's just kind of like a, a review. And they said that her key worker said like, oh, she had said, let's go like two words. And it sounds silly, but it's like, that's two words that my child has never said before. And it's a sentence and it made sense. Let's go. And I wasn't there to see it and I wasn't there to hear it. Um, so yeah, I got quite emotional about that. Um, so it, it kind of hit me a little bit. So that was a bit difficult to kind of get my head around. Um, and then also just work life in general, because I was no longer able to stay behind work for like that extra hour or two, or like when the impromptu oh like everyone yeah we're gonna go for a drink like come on let's go like no I can't go I need to go and pick up my child (laughs) yeah um, or I'd have to call my husband to find out what he's doing to see whether he can go get her and it just all turns into like a massive thing and so yeah it was adjusting to like that new that new dynamic and so yeah it was quite stressful I got quite um it was a lot and and the tweaks in terms of what our morning routine was going to look like as well we had to adjust to that um I had moments where I broke down and started crying in the morning because it got to the point where I felt like it was just all on me to make sure that Robin was up she was dressed she had her breakfast um she looked presentable even if she's going to nursery you still want them to look look kept well kept do you know what I mean like so I had to make sure that was fine and like she had matching socks on (laughs) 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 and and then and also like and then I needed to make sure that I was dressed and I was prepared for work it's completely new thing you know compared to (laughs) because you're used to being at home and not having to put any makeup on I can just tie my hair up in a bun now I'm having to commute into central London so I can't just walk out my house with my hair anyway. Like I need to have to yeah. be presentable. So yeah, and I've got to do this all within an hour. <laughs> Quick segue, actually. So when you return back to work, did you feel like more of a pressure to look more well-kept so that people didn't think like, yeah. oh, the child's like, having a child's like made you run down? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh definitely. my God, totally. Like the first, yeah. the first week, I'd say, the first, no, the first two weeks, I was going to work with makeup on and then there was a gradual decline. But <laughs> <laughs> after I was just like, now I can't do this. It's too much. That's an extra 20 minutes of, I don't know, something don't that needs have. to be done. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're like, oh yeah, they know, I, they know I'm okay now. I don't need to hold this up any yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah, literally, that was what went through my mind. I was just like, you know what, Tash, like, just forget it. Like, I was literally like, forget this shit. Like, I can't, I can't anymore. It's fine. They've had a good two weeks. They they know I can I can if I really want to. It's fine. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's brought us to our, the end of our our discussion. So, is there anything you'd like to leave? Based on everything we've spoken on today, is there anything you'd like to leave people with, or any point that you have raised that you'd like to reiterate? Um, I would just like to say to um. For all the people that are currently pregnant now, you are going to be amazing. You will do it. 
take each and every day as it comes literally just take each day as it comes yeah. and don't worry don't stress too much um and just try and stay positive it's you so true yeah yeah 100 percent. it's basically just understanding that even on the days when you feel like you've got it you haven't yeah <laughs> if you just accept that reality it's like okay and that downward spiral won't be so intense you'll just be like oh so this is a bad day this is a good day this is you know it's just yeah it's just up and it's just up and down but I think there's something about being a mum there's something in that word that makes us feel as though we need to be something that is so sometimes higher than what we are like it's just it can it just can become a bit too much and I think you just have to constantly take a step back and just focus on what's important at that particular moment in time Mm. and I would just like to say I'm not a mum however having you guys around and hearing the stories like the goods and the bads I feel like for me it's been good to know the struggles because I think that's the way I learn I learn from talking to people and I learn from uh just stories as opposed to reading and when you read books maybe not so much nowadays but I think probably more so a couple of years ago it's all about the good stuff and that's fine but I feel like it's really important to know what's to come and kind of know who you can talk to um I know a lot of times that we've spoken because uh, we're family basically but it's mm-hmm. more I mean you might ask me something and I'll give you what I think and I, I don't know and there's things that I know I'm going to ask you hopefully if I have a child so I think it's really important to have these conversations and let people know that they're not alone and where they can find resources so thank you for your time thank you thanks for having us thanks having me Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you've taken some key points from this episode. If you have any questions, please email fallintoconversation at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the Instagram page, Fall Into Conversation, to look out for upcoming episodes and useful information. Bye!